Victorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Like the show, follow the show, subscribe to the show, send the show a Christmas card, maybe bake it some cookies. I might be referring to myself when I say the show. Who cares? Uh, But how's it going? Glad to have everyone here. Glad to be talking about uh, we'll pick five sequence for the weekend. Sp- specifically going to be Oakland. Joining me to do it, uh, you might know him from On the Wrong Lead, his love of bees. Uh, he's what they call a snow bunny, I think. Not because he's a woman who does sexual things for cocaine, but because he loves snowing. You always find him out shredding the gnar in the fresh pow-pow, Mr. Mark Capitan. What's up, Mark? Hey, how's it going, Chase, man? I mean, no fresh power today. It's uh, it's raining in southern Vermont, which is not a good thing, but uh, not going to be going to be a little bit of a wet Martin Luther King weekend, which is, uh, you know, a little unfortunate. Haven't had the best snow year, but uh, I'll tell you what, the, the racing at Oakland this weekend, pretty hot, pretty. Uh, this is a pretty solid card. This late pick five sequence honestly is really really good and you know i know i do tend to be somebody who picks on oakland a little bit i more pick on it for how they're uh the back end of their infrastructure being uh you know affiliated with a certain organization i don't love um the racing affiliated but not really like unofficially really kind of sort of almost a little bit yeah um but you know the racing that is uh they put on the product they put on the track you're gonna be a little bit limited this weekend with santa anita skipping Saturday, I think that's going to drive extra volume to Oakland, which would make these pools a little juicier than they normally would be as those uh, SoCal players are looking for someplace to, you know, degen on the weekend. And uh, this card is solid. This is a really good card. No crazy high-end stakes or anything, but just good, big competitive fields, fun racing, and a really solid sequence. It's kind of a perfect storm. You have no Santa. God, every time Santa Anita just isn't racing, it just works to our benefit. It's just like, thank you, Santa Anita. Thank you for not being uh, structurally sound enough to handle uh, an atmospheric river, which, uh, by the way, uh, a lot of rain in California. We're making light of it, but uh, that's just some just terrible things happening. So if you're listening in California, our thoughts are with you. We hope you have not floated away or washed away. Uh, yeah, that's an unfortunate situation, but. Yeah, it works out to to Oakland's uh, you know, benefit because not only do you have a juicy pool, you've got gigantic fields because people follow the fucking money and our pools are deep, son. They're all the way deep. Yeah, real deep pools. And the other thing you get into is that if you're somebody you know like yourself who's got a little bit of Oakland inside information, you're somebody who that's your regular, that's your home track. Um, you know, on these weekends where Santa Anita cancels and all that Santa Anita money comes to Oakland, that's not smart money. That that's that's the dumb money, and uh, they're just going to be firing away, and they're probably going to be betting. And we'll talk about a couple of horses, some of the connections they may know from Southern California who have shipped into Oakland. I would imagine those a couple of horses on the sequence are going to take a ton of money just on the name recognition factor, yeah. and those are horses that i didn't really love for a number of reasons so uh we'll get there and we'll talk about them i feel like we're glad we're we're making that whole uh forced exile thing sound a little bit a little bit nicer than it really was because you have like peter miller and jerry hollendorfer and stuff like that who are just persona non grata at santa anita which is just fucking dumb uh honestly uh i but santa anita yeah like i remember a couple years back uh you had santa anita they shut down for like a long time because it seemed that their surface was just fucking sawing horses off at the, at the shin bone, uh, which was ridiculous, but they got it figured out. Uh, and then, you know, you had a uh, COVID right after that, where California was under the state home order. They wouldn't open up the race. They didn't have their priorities straight. Like we did where we were like, 
<laughs> all right just like put up put on i don't know just don't come in just watch from from outside the fence uh and they, they just kept racing or, so, or watch uh, from a very comfy couch even yeah we got to split the arkansas derby into uh into two divisions those years we got to split the rebel into divisions those two years which uh, i like to call rebel one and rebel two electric boogaloo or uh, the david bowie homage rebel rebel yeah, and yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, for those who don't know, all right, I gotta tell a story. <laughs> I set the story up, and then you, it took you a second to get there. If I've told this story before uh, on the uh, on the pod, I, I apologize, but really, I don't. It's a fucking pod. Fifteen second forward button until I stop talking about this. Um, Mark, a couple of years ago, made plans to uh, fly down to Arkansas, hang out with me, to go to the Rebel Stakes, which is just a fun stakes day uh it, it was uh i believe the month was march and i believe the year yeah. was 2020 and it was literally the week the entire world shut down and so it, there was like a question of like is mark still gonna come like are they even gonna allow fans and on like friday or thursday afternoon before he's about to fly down he texts me he's like i mean i'm about to get on this plane are we racing and i look at i look at like oakland's twitter and they are adamant it's like we got we got enough hand sanitizer that you can bathe in. Like, this is a, like, if you're scared, get a dog because we're fucking racing at Oakland and people will be here. And then they, Mark gets in the air and, oh, somewhere over Virginia, probably. <laughs> they send a tweet that's like, JK, LOL. <laughs> there will be no fans allowed. So Mark got to spend just like, a weekend at his hotel and at my, at my house watching the races from my TV. I think we went to Twin Peaks. Also, he got to see a, a girl with a tabletop booty. I call it a tabletop booty because you could just like set a drink on it. Like it's you, you can definitely set a drink on that. Yeah, had a no, rose was, tattooed uh, on it. It was very interesting. The, the fact that some place between Albany, New York and Atlanta, Georgia, they decided that, oh, I guess maybe we can't have people uh, there. And I, uh, I, you know, you land, you take your phone off airplane mode and my phone just exploded. Like there was yeah. like six voicemails from Chase. Like, dude, if you cannot get on that plane, you might not want to get on that plane. Oh, and, man. Uh, and they, yeah. they all I think they all all my voicemails started with. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, um, too late to turn back now. So he came anyway. We had a great weekend, uh, still. So, you know, am I, so I, am I, I tried to, I tried to actually see races at Oakland. I've been close. I've never actually been there. So I'll have to, uh, at some point I'll have to make an, an actual pilgrimage to, I like to hit different tracks in North America just to say, you know, I've been there and I've seen a race there and, uh, I would still trying to make Oakland. You can come see the Arkansas Gulf coast. That's another funny story. Mark the beautiful Gulf coast. Marquis think Arkansas was on the ocean. Fun fact, which now explains why when we went to dinner, he uh, was so adamant about ordering a uh, fish because he was like, oh, it's going to be super fresh. It's going to be look like it's catch of the day. It's right there. Yeah, they literally probably there's a dock in the back. He just threw it on the on the fucking plate. We're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB and quit bullshitting. And we are about to get into the Oakland Park late pick five. Stick around. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. SGPN has teamed up with Homage for an NFL playoff challenge. The winner will get $300 cash, a $100 SGPN gift card, and a $100 Homage gift card. Homage has a ton of cool retro and throwback officially licensed NFL gear. Check them out at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash homage. For all the contest details, and enter, download the SGPN app, and hit the contest. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Now, if you listen a lot, you know I don't use that Biggie sound drop all that often, but like when I feel like it's it's on, you need a couple good ons behind it. So, 
Let's talk about what we're doing today. We're talking about the Saturday Oakland Park late pick five. That is this Saturday, January 14th. Starts in race six. Post time for that first race is 355 Eastern, 255 God's time. And uh, race six is a $30,000 claimer going six furlongs. I Mark did me the the you know benefit of showing me his tickets beforehand, and uh, we are real different. So there's going to be a lot to talk about today. Uh, go ahead, Mark. Tell me how you see this race setting up, and kind of what your strategy was, who you picked. Yeah, so I I sort of landed on what's probably going to be your I would imagine fairly short uh, priced you know post time favorite in the two Ash Flat uh, for Chris Hartman. Uh, you know the Hartman barn is absolutely firing right now. He's forty two percent on the meet. This horse has won two in a row. Uh, you know won, won that claiming thirty two at Churchill comes wins an allowance hundred four thousand dollar allowance at Oaklawn. Uh, you know beginning of December well mid December and then comes back here gets some class relief should be one of the controlling speeds in this race. Um, you know, I like a horse likes Oaklawn Park. The horse should be able to get to the, you know, either get to the front end and probably you'll be on the front with the four. But, uh, you know, I think the two is just a, just a better horse here. And, and I think it's it gets really, really hard if you want to get beyond that horse. And you know, I tried to make a case for somebody like the one and pressed the, the Broberg horse. But Broberg's barn has just been absolutely abysmal so far this meet. Um, he's actually not firing basically at any track that he's running at. I tried to make a case for somebody like Full Impact, the four, um, but, you know, very low percentage of connections first off the claim. Um, so I, I just, I, you know, I, I didn't want to love the two as much as I did, but I just, I just sort of kept coming back to that horse. Um, the only other horse that I want any coverage to, and again, I'm an ABC player. I'm a guy who's going to have multiple tickets. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be real quick, just a reminder, Mark has a video out on YouTube kind of detailing that ABC structure. It's a really smart way to play these horizontal sequences. It ends up saving you money and you can leverage your top opinions. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, 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 you're good. You're good. So the only other horse, and this is going to be a B-type horse, I want some coverage too, and it is a bit of a price in here, and that's the five shadow matter. Uh, this is a Joe Sharp first off the claim horse. Uh, you know, Joe Sharp is one of those barns that uh, gets in waves where he will win everything that's not tied down, and then he'll go cold for the next six months. And it seems like his barn is, is starting to heat up a little at, at Oaklawn. Um, you know, he took this, this horse back from the Asmussen barn. Uh, this horse has been you know, a very hot claim box type from a lot of big name connections and, you know, not a horse that is the, the most prodigal horse. But if you look at some of the back class from this one, some of those horses from, um, you know, earlier and, you know, sort of late 2022, uh, this is a horse that has races that should be very competitive amongst this group. So, I wanted sort of an outsider and I wanted a horse that I think there is a case to be made here that maybe they go real fast on the front end. Uh, the two and the four try to hook up both trying to make the lead. And then I wanted somebody that, that was that off the pace down the middle type closer. And I thought that was the five shadow matter. And, and I don't really think I needed anybody else in here. Um, I'll have a lot less coverage through shadow matter. And most of my coverage is going to be going through the two ash flap. So if I believe one thing as a horse player, it's you need to probably single that favorite or toss it. And uh, I say that because um, I'm going to contradict myself a few times later uh, in this card. Uh, I did toss the favorite here. I went ahead and I tossed Ash Flat. Um, I do think that Fordly Placed Horses are going to have a great weekend with it being a uh, fifth season uh, weekend. You know, it, it just tends, that's the way it goes. The, these tracks like to see, you know, Front running scores that produce big buyers, so they tend to scrape it down. So I do think that that's you know early speed will be fairly good, but I didn't like the fact that Ash Flat might be running a little bit of that rating, uh, you know, from the rail kind of trip, which I I've never been a fan of. If you're gonna rate, get to the outside and get on that horse's left hip. That that rating on the rail always just seems like a like a dicey prospect. So I tossed and I went three deep here. The first one I'm gonna use. Uh, you mentioned the four full impact. I, I think it could be speed. I think who Ash Flat might be inside of uh, behind, and uh, I, I think it's going to take a step forward being back on the uh, the dry track uh, again today. It, it does have some back class. Uh, if I'm going to knock uh, full impact at all, uh, it, it's going to be that's actually coming off the bullet work. You might say, why is that a knock? I don't like the pattern. I don't like. Uh, that pattern in claiming races because sometimes it just feels like a blowout workout that's advertisement for get this horse out of my fucking barn. Someone claim it. Um, next one I'm going to use, uh, I'm using six. Gozilla for for Norman the Turtle, Norm McKnight, shipping down from Woodbine. 
Uh, his performances in the early part of Oakland, if you look at him through the years, are just really kind of all over the place. He either has a great you know, early part of Oakland or he has a terrible one. Uh, he's having a pretty good one so far. And, uh, you know, I, I think I like this horse so much because it's got some versatility. When you think that there's going to be about four horses, maybe four horses wide in the first call, uh, I like that Godzilla could go ahead and maybe try to poke his head out in front and take this lead. Uh, or the fact that uh, Godzilla can actually win for about, you know, a length, a length and a half off, which, I mean, won't let it the race get too far in front of him on a day like today, which is big. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Godzilla to kind of maybe sit off just a little bit and, uh, you know, be closing up the middle of the track. Uh, and then it's got an angle that I'm just a dirty little pig boy for. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets to stand on. So tell her to put on her fucking spiked boots and stand all over me because uh, I love horses coming off the all-weather. Of course, Woodbine in Canada being an all-weather track. And then I got a little bomb play here with the number eight. Uh, Lake Radio, 20 to 1. Had an unfortunate trip in, uh, in his wet track debut at Remington. Uh, but I think he moves forward going back to a fast surface. Uh, great post to get the uh, projected stocking trip. Sitting wide. Uh, and, uh, you know, has the Oakland swoop, there it is, middle move kind of written all over it, which is traditionally a move that does very well. If you can kind of slingshot through the turn, like uh, Vic loves to, loves to yell all the time, he slingshots through the turn, um, then, then those horses tend to have success. So I was four deep, four, six, eight. Let's move to race seven. We're talking the six, four long, $30,000. Arkansas bread maiden claiming. Um, on a scale of one to fucking love it, how much do you love Arkansas bread made in claiming races, Mark? Um, considering that's my scale, I love them. Like that is correct. That is correct. But uh, I thought throw a fucking dart here. Basically, I ended up four deep. Uh, what what did you think of this race? I, I ended up three deep in here. Uh, and again, this is very much a throw a dart race. If you look at this race and there's some horse that something that you'd like to chase jumps off the page, you by all means include that horse. Uh, I ended up five, seven and 12 in here. I always like in these when you see a bunch of maiden firsters, I always like to find the best of the horses with a start, even if that start wasn't much. I thought the five uh, finished what you started. Um, it is a horse that showed speed first out and then just faded badly. These are horses I like to bet back. Uh, they you know, caught a, a wet track that first race. And this one doesn't have pedigree, which screams handling a wet track. So showed feeds speed faded. That's an off oftentimes happens with firsters and on a horse that doesn't scream, you know, Oh, going to handle that off going. Uh, you know, I, I did, uh, I did sort of like that, you know, getting eight to one on the morning line. So I thought that was a horse that a little bit of a price had, uh, had some upside. Um, you know, the other one, the next horse is the, the obvious horse who's probably going to be your post time favorite. That's the seven Bradley pink for, uh, Brad Cox, uh, darn tongue twister, Bradley and Brad. Nah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously Brad Cox is, is very good with. You just um, need a Bradford riding the horse now. It's, exactly. Um, and you know, Brad Cox is, is good at any of these sort of angles. Um, you know, he's 21% with debut maiden claimers. He's 25% with first time starters. So, uh, you know, I would imagine this one is, is probably live for, uh, for short leaf stables um, and, uh, you know, owner breeder horse so uh you know I, I think bradley pink would would be no surprise in here and the other horse that i ended up on is is another horse that's a first time starter that's the 12 betty joe for rama cat um again moquette is another person who does have uh you know very gaudy connections or gaudy stats all the way around um you know, he's 31 percent when he puts bejarano up at oaklawn park in the last year which is a again a pretty darn gaudy stat so uh you know i thought that was another horse who did make quite a bit of sense in here but you could basically hit the all button in this race and still not feel like you have enough coverage. So this, this was a tough one. You know, if you had the five finish, what you started last time, this Philly looked good on the break. And then she just started backing up. Yep. She just started bagging that ass up, but uh, he talked about the surface a little bit. Uh, you know, Mark and I talk a lot. We talk tracks, track conditions a lot, and uh, we have our certain adjectives. Uh, it was cuppy. It was peanut buttery. It was take your shoes kind of muddy. 
Uh, it was we had a lot of rain, and this was the you know first day of drying out. And so you found that the inside posts were really well. Finish where you started actually broke from the 10 hole here, got out to the lead, and I think that was a really taxing move for this horse. Uh, so I think it lands in a much better meteorological situation today. Uh, and you know, gets a gets a better post draw. Uh, should definitely be a player at eight to one. Uh, like I said, you know, you feel like you either have to single the chalk or toss it. I did neither of those things. Uh, Bradley Pink, two to one. Uh, short leaf stables. I mean, my love of short leaf stables is well known around here. Little pig boy comes from the dirt. <laughs> He's a weasley little mud grub who needs to be stood on. Little pig boy. Whenever they make moves with their medications, namely Lasix, not talking like Claritin or anything, uh, you, you'll see that uh, the, these horses tend to come alive. They'll try to start these horses without Lasix first off because they'll try to hit that med-free bonus. But when they add Lasix, look the fuck out. They are adding it first time here. Uh, and then I use the nine, uh, Sassy Lass. This one. For my favorite unofficial trainer nickname and my favorite unofficial jockey nickname, trained by Burl the Pearl McBride, and it's got C Dash, Chell Dash C, Chelsea Bailey up and uh, drops out of an AR Arkansas bread maiden special race in today's race. Uh, trouble last out, and I owe Chelsea Bailey uh, an apology. It's apology time for, for old C Dash. She had a pretty good meet last meet. And I thought that a lot of that had to do with the fact that she was an apprentice jock and she really did well exploiting that apprentice jock weight break. But she's come back. She's winning 16% carrying all the weight. Uh, and she's really kind of turned it around. I did not think that she was going to end up being as good as she is. She's really she's really put it together. So apologies to Chelsea. You're also a MMA fighter. So please don't punch me. You are most definitely stronger than I am. And then I also use the 12 Betty Joe four to one. Uh, I mean, Ramo Ket, Bayerano, you said it. Hot jock, hot trainer, hot jock trainer combo. And uh, you just have to play off the uh, the Oakland name brand connections here. So that is the first two legs. We're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB, and when we get back, we've got three big races to talk about, including the fifth season stakes. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. It's a hell of a pick five sequence. We will be right back. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. At Underdog, the season never ends, and right now you can play their fantasy football playoff best ball, the gauntlet with a $1 million prize up for grabs. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. Plus, when you use promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's mine. I'm going to spell my name one more time. Check it. It's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S. You just lay down slow. Race 8, six furlongs, $62,500 optional claimer. Uh, I, I, I saw your picks. We were way different here because I don't think you even included uh, uh, one specific horse I'm looking at. Uh, Mark, what you think? Yeah, I, I landed on the one horse here, uh, the favorite. Love me some me. Um, you know, I, I, Brad Cox is just absolutely deadly first off the claim. He moves four horses forward at this angle. And I didn't think he even really needs to move Love me some me forward first off the claim here. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think the five-year-old mare is just the horse to beat here. Um, you know, she should, she's going to get that rail post, uh, you know, should be able to get the rail if they want it. I don't know if they end up on top here breaking for the lead or if they try to sit off from some of the other, you know, outside drawn speed with maybe the six dealing justice or the eight, um, headland. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, she, I think that the, you know, the mayor should have it all her own way. Um, you know, she, there's an argument to be made that maybe does she have a case of the hangs? She's got a lot of seconds and a lot of thirds, uh, you know, in her last few starts, but, uh, you know, spring of, of, uh, you know, this year, she was in pretty darn good form at Churchill. Um, and, and also, you know, the middle of last year, there's obviously that long layoff. So the, you know, something happened there, but, uh, you know, she was in pretty darn good form at Churchill. Um, 
you know, she definitely cashes checks, uh, not a wind machine or a monster or anything else. And, and I think Brad just, you know, claimed this one, knew he had spots he could run her at at Oaklawn, uh, found one of those spots here and is just, you know, looking to cash another check. So I, I'm bold here. I'm a single. Um, yes, I'm, I'm saying I, I want to mingle. You want to mingle. Yeah. And I'm mingling with the two Portia five to two. That is my single. Uh, I had to single somewhere on this second to make it manageable, but this honestly seemed like the best spot. You know, Ricardo Santana Jr. isn't getting the consistent work with, uh, you know, Steven Asmussen, uh, but he's getting more than he did last year. And he's, you know, overcome the fact that he's not getting Asmussen's horses as of late. Like last year, uh, he that very like public kind of tabloid breakup that they had uh, his winning percentage at Oakland suffered, but he's come back and he's winning for everyone right now. So, you know, Santana winning at 23%. The Al Stahl's kind of dicked around with the distance with this horse. And the process kind of figured out that the sweet spot is anywhere north of five and a half, anywhere south of seven. Uh, and so six, six and a half kind of, you know, fits right into its wheelhouse. Last out, finished the game second uh, in a uh, stakes race at Fairgrounds. And uh, if you look at the times here, I mean, 22 second, it was what, 22 flat to the first call. Actually kind of slow for a five and a half furlong. Uh, stakes race you would think you would see a, like a sub 22 second opening clip seems like probably the speed that you should get uh but i think if the speed heats up a little bit more it really sets up for portia i do expect a hot pace here um you know it's gonna be sitting just off the pace uh but just close enough that ricardo won't think himself into the minor awards as mark and i always say with ricardo no, thank you. Just righty. Like, you know, he he's his best when he's just out there being aggressive, getting a horse to a drive. I think he's just got to think for a little bit here, just a little bit. And then he can go. Yeah. I mean, my, I don't hate your pick here in Portia. Um, my only issue is that just she's a little too slow to win this, isn't she? She's never really shown that, uh, you know, th that she's fast enough to be a major player against like someone like love me some me, um, you know, so. I don't hate the pick. I think, it, and I understand where you're coming from and how you're getting there. But uh, you know, I, I will say there was one other horse in here at kind of a massive price that I did want to talk about, and that's the six dealing justice. Um, Riley Mott, if anybody doesn't know, is Bill Mott's son, who has gone out and now has his own stable, and he does have uh, you know a fairly small stable. I actually have some friends that move some horses to him, um, and you know he you know cl claimed this horse off from Ray Handel. Um, I, I thought it's really interesting in here that Arietta hops up on this horse for Riley Ma when he had a winner two back on the eight. And then he was a second um, at Keeneland on the eight. So I thought it's, I always find it interesting when you see a, a jock who's had success very recently, um, you know, and, and it's not like the eight moved to a different trainer or there's some other change, but then the, the winning jock decides to get off and go someplace else. So I, I kind of wonder if dealing justice may be very well meant in this spot. So um, I, you know, and I give chase my, my structure. I do have a little money going through this six at a real big price. Just thinking that that horse may be very, very well meant here. And, and I oftentimes, you know, again, I am a bit of a, uh, a Naira person. So when I see Naira horses shipping down to uh, tracks, you know, especially some of these Midwestern tracks, I often think sometimes those horses are just a little bit better. Um, so I think the source does need to take a little bit of a step forward, but I, I wonder how the, you know, it'd be interesting to see how the class comparison here is. And if I get something like 15 to one, that's it. It's a really interesting horse to include in place. You know, I, I do like your, your catch here with dealing justice. I, I too, uh big Naira fan. If I'm not playing Oakland, I'm playing Naira. Um, there's, I thought about this horse quite a bit and still single Portia, but uh, when you're looking at these fractional times for dealing justice, uh, especially the ones that happened at Aqueduct, just keep in mind it's a really slow surface. So when you see a 23-second opening quarter for a six-furlong race, it's not slow. It's pretty average, quite honestly. So don't worry about that. But I, I think the big catch, and I th I'm sure you didn't even realize this, uh, is uh, do you know who the owner is, Mark? No, I don't. Louis A. Sella of the I own fucking Oaklawn Park. Louis oh. A. Sellas. Oh, yeah. that, those Sellas. Ah, okay. So maybe this is a very, very, very well meant horse. Okay. Yeah, you have to keep an eye on these. And I, I like, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking uh, the baby Mott here. We just have to figure out when his birthday is uh, so that we can. Oh, we've attracted two Mott birthdays now? Dude, this is oh, a yeah. nightmare. 
I know one of them always happens during Saratoga, and we always forget about it until you 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 wake up and you're like, oh, Bill Maher had three winners on the day because it's his birthday. Oh. I have a recurring calendar reminder with notifications turned on for when Bill Mott's birthday comes around. That's like, you know, you're a degenerate horse better when. Mm-hmm. No, you know, you're a degenerate, degenerate horse better whenever you type the letters D E S into a text message and it automatically autocorrects to DeSormo. True story. Um, you know, you're a degenerate horse better when weather underground thinks your house is in Vinton, Louisiana, when you live in upstate New York. That's nice. That's when you know you're That's a degenerate nice. horse better. Yeah. Mine, mine often thinks that I live in Ozo, Ozone Park, Queens or Elmont, New York. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was single here to the two. Uh, Mark didn't use it, so I'm staying it by myself. What? So I got to sit here and eat dessert alone like I'm fucking Steven Glansberg? All right, let's move on. It's the big one. Race nine, one mile, a.k.a. eight furlongs, $150,000. It's really kind of a Oaklawn classic race, it feels like. The fifth season stakes is a really salty race for, for older horses here. Uh, what'd you think? I, this is a, a really good race. I think there's a lot of potential here. Yeah, I would say this is a race that to me feels like your quintessential Oaklawn Park race. This is what I bet Oaklawn Park for. Um, These older horses, this time of year, horses that I've been seeing around forever. There's some names in here that Chavis and I both have a a massive affinity for one of these horses. And, uh, you know, you've been playing them forever. You know these horses inside and out. You know what they like to do. Um, You know, my top two, two horses in here are going to be some horses that really just happened to like this Oaklawn Park surface. And those are the two run and Ray and the six who uh, I know Chase also loves rated our superstar. So I'll talk about run and Ray because I know uh, Chase will want to whack lax poetically, but um, run and Ray. I, I think anything out of the Joe Sharp barn is just amazingly dangerous. Um, Joe Sharp is a trainer that I think I said this earlier. He tends to be very peaky. He points towards certain meets and historically he's done very well at, uh, at Oaklawn. And this is a horse that's three, you know, has three for six across this surface. So, uh, you know, I think Runnin's Ray here has a ton of tactical speed, can be very, very involved early, um, probably sits right behind the eight. And, it, and he's shown he can do that. He's shown he can win from off the pace. He's not a desperate need the lead type, even though he does want to be, you know, very forwardly placed. And, uh, you know, this distance, this, uh, you know, this two turn one mile distance is something he loves doing. Again, he's three for six doing it. So I think he makes an absolute ton of sense in here at a, uh, at a bit of a price and uh, I'll throw it over to you and let you talk about uh, our boy rated R. Yeah. So one thing though, this it's on the Oakland two turn short stretch mile here. Uh, the common, you know, philosophy with short stretch miles is that you have to be forwardly placed to win. Um, here's the deal though. That's not really happening at Oakland. You see a lot of horses come from off the pace, winning over the middle moves, exploding through the stretch. Uh, I think, honestly, it's a little bit psychological. I think the jockeys think that they have to be on the lead, and they tend to artificially melt races down uh, because they're like, okay, I have to be up towards the front or I'm not going to get home when it's not really the case. You still have plenty of room. And, uh, you know, I I, I really kind of thought that, uh, you know, because of that short stretch closer quirk and the fact this looks like it could get kind of warm on the front end, I'm throwing essentially all of a run style, and that's where we talk about the six. Rated R superstar four to one on the morning line. This is my my take on this horse. Uh, if you think I'm going to miss Rated R superstars annual win at Oaklawn, you're fucking crazy. I mean, this horse always wins at the meet and usually does it by taking a high fly, waggy, acrobatic shit on my horizontal tickets. No longer does that happen. I'm using our rated superstar. Uh, won the fifth season last year, and it's coming off of a win at uh, Remington Park last out in a non-graded stake. So comes in a good form. Uh, I mean, this horse just loves Oakland Park. Got to use it. Uh, I also use the nine, King Fury, 10 to 1. Uh, it's been running. Uh, what I thought was really interesting about King Fury was the the cutback. I mean, this horse has been running at the classic distances. Uh, last out went, went a mile and an eighth, but, I mean, has gone as far out as like a mile and, you know, three sixteenths, mile and a quarter. Uh, really kind of a distance specialist. And they send it back, and I, I kind of think that maybe that might be a good thing to just kind of see that horse jog and then have plenty in the tank left to uh, to explode late. Um, you know, Kenny McPeak adds the blinks here. Um, you know, a, a pretty nice move. It's absolutely dripping in back class when you look at uh, some of the races that uh, it's running, including the Travers, the Clark, 
the Lucas, the Fayette, uh, God, everything, Saratoga Derby, uh, you just name it. The horse is running it. Um, and so I, I definitely thought I had to use King Fury here. And then the 10, Silver Prospector. If Silver Prospector goes off anywhere near the money line of 20 to 1, you should drain the 401k, you should donate plasma, pawn anything of value, and drop a win bet because this is another horse. I mean, won the Southwest Stakes at the distance, uh, was on the Derby Trail. It's insane to me. Absolutely insane to me that they're that they gave this uh, twenty to one on the morning line. I would think it takes more money, but if it doesn't, just look out, like make room for the wheelbarrow. Because me and my funny Confederate money that is left over from a great great grandfather father, I'm using that too. I'm throwing that yeah. through the window. Um, yeah, I was gonna say with, with Silver Prospector, you know, this is a horse that you mentioned that short stretch thing. He his run style kind of fits that where he can be, you know, just off it doesn't need you know he does not he can go to the lead if they want to but i think they're going to sit off he can watch them go a little too fast on the front end and kind of fire and get home if he goes off anywhere near 20 to 1 there's just no way this is the, like the worst line i've seen in forever um i realize the asmussen barn has been very cold so far but you know he's uh you know he's been around seen some things you know, this is a good field. This isn't, uh, there are no monsters in here. Uh, and, you know, and he's beats a bunch of those that are in this race. So I, I think Silver Prospector is a, um, you know, a very, very huge overlay in this field. Um, and I know we haven't yet mentioned the favorite in here, Chase. Uh, what so were you? Uh, you? Uh, no, no, that would not be the favorite. Oh, that's Ginobili. Uh, Ginobili. Oh, yeah. Fuck that horse. That's really that's my take on Ginobili is just fuck that horse for one. I, I tossed because of the, uh, because of the, uh, you know, run style, wanting to be out on the front, especially wanting to f- focus on horses come from a little bit off the pace. I mean, can you name a more disappointing horse than Ginobili? You probably can, but Ginobili for Peter Miller, uh, who I think I've got a post on Instagram for that. I set up an Instagram, by the way, give me a follow at Wolf of Oakland. Um, one, t- one day, my, youngest daughter got into the dress up box at daycare and just came out looking like Peter Miller with a f- little like fucking fedora on um, someone photoshopped uh, Peter Miller's face onto her body. And it was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I just, I don't trust the horse. Yeah, sure. It ran a big, you know, big figure uh, for uh, Peter Miller after coming out of the Richie Baltus barn uh, at a hundred thousand uh, dollar optional claimer at, uh, at Del Mar. But do I trust that horse to run back to it? No, absolutely not. Um, I could trust Ginobili, but I would be wrong to do it. Wrong. Wrong. So I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Uh, so, yeah, fuck that horse. Tossing it. What do you think about Ginobili? Do you second that? Um, I do second that. I do I do, do very much agree with your take. I don't know why Ginobili is here. Ginobili has historically not handled the, uh, you know, has not handled the Oakland Park surface, quite honestly. And I just, I'm very against him in this spot. He's going to take a ton of money. And we, we made that mention of the, you know, with Southern California not running. That's Ginobili is a name that people in Southern California know. That's a horse they've seen around. I think he's going to be back absolutely off the board, and I don't like him here. So I think if you get around Ginobili, you know, and using some of the horses that we've been talking about, this sequence really pays all of a sudden. Um, and, and I think, and and I don't really think Ginobili is like a must use or a horse that makes a ton of sense. And um, I, and I have a similar take on the one Soy Tapatio uh, for Dio. Soy Tapatio is your quintessential every other type horse. He wins every other race and he won his last race which means that he probably bounces to the moon here and is another horse that probably takes a lot of money so um i think there's two horses in here that are somewhat known quantities they're known names with known connections that are going to take a lot of money and i'm just against both of them so got that that contra cheat code ab pattern that ABAB up down up down left right left right start uh sort of sort of thing um yeah i i'm with you i also soy tapatio should be is another one that, you know, I, I don't like the rail draw for it. I mean, is this the horse that likes likely beats me? I think it is, uh, to be honest. If, if I'm going to lose to a horse, I think it's more than likely going to be Soy Tapatio. Outside of that, I think I forgot the three horses. And the fact is just fucking Diodoro is winning everything right now. Uh, but he's also winning them with very specific connections. Uh, I, I've talked about my buddy uh, Tim Stedman, Titan of Litigation, before. Um He's been helping his boss out, John Holloman. Last year, John Holloman had one horse. He's got 15 now, all under 
Diodoro's care. And if you combine the ones that he owns solely and the ones that he's a joint venture with Flying P uh, Stables, he is tied for the tra- for the owner standings lead with five wins. And if you combine the dollar amounts, he's up by like a hundred thousand, hundred grand. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. That's three insane. stakes wins. Three stakes wins this year. Wow. He uh, had one uh, uh, last weekend with uh, I can't remember her name, but she beat my horse uh, Ice Orchid in a duel. And these, I mean, he's Dio's laser focused right now, and so are, so are his horses. So if anyone's going to beat me, it's going to be Soy Tapatio. So if you want to just throw a horse onto your ticket, go for it. I didn't. I decided to get a little bit more creative with the R-rated superstar Silver Prospector, the ten, and then also the nine King Fury. Now, race ten, the money leg. Uh, and I really just, this is, this is part of the reason why these, you know, sequences tend to pay, uh, multiple escalates worth of money because they end with <laughs> races like this. It's eight and a half furlongs, $90,000 maiden special weight for three-year-olds. I was five deep here. Um, where did you go? Who did you like? Yeah, I, I ended up being six deep here. Um, and my whole structure in this pick five is to try to be live into this last leg with a lot of coverage. Um, and again, I'm a, I'm a DRF formulator user, and, and I happen to find a really kind of juicy stat. And that was that at Oakland so far this meet, post one in routes is winning at 18%. So yep. I was really, really interested in this one. It was this big. Um, I think that last effort was actually way better than it looked on paper. Uh, this horse is, you know, has the tactical speed to be very forwardly placed. I think the stretch out probably helps this one. Uh, and this is a horse, you know, again, Joe Sharp is not known for firing, you know, having winning at first ask. This horse is a little bit like a Bill Mott type. They take a couple of starts very often to kind of get up and get going. Uh, so I thought this one at 15 to one on the morning line was an extremely interesting horse. And Ariad is also 20% up for Joe Sharp. So there's a lot of high percentage connections and you're getting the kind of value you need to include those horses. So that, that was a horse that I wanted to be very aggressive with and use a lot of. And, and the other horse that I, th- I had on top here that I, I want a lot of is the, is the, you know, your uh, likely very short price post-time favorite, the six rocket and roll, uh, you know, again, a horse that almost got it done last time out gets a little bit more distance here uh you know for brad cox and joe talamo uh you know a horse has every right to win every right to take another step forward and uh there's also again one of those gaudy stats uh brad cox taking blinks off is 33 percent with a two dollar and fifty one percent two dollar and fifty one cent roi uh it's not very often you find a trainer that has that many starts as brad cox that has a stat that just that, that many well bet starts too yes to, to mention it's not like his horses go off at long prices often yep and, you know brad cox always takes money so you know you these are short priced horses at a very high percentage and a positive ROI. So, uh, you know, I thought rocket and roll made a ton of sense in here. And then, you know, I also ended up with a couple of big prices, the four, the eight, the 10 and the 11. Uh, I'll really quickly talk about Talladega, the four, uh, you know, for Brissette. Um, Brissette has some really gaudy stats. First time adding Lasix, uh, also a horse that has pedigree that makes you think that this stretch out is going to be very good for this one horse was flying home late in that last race going seven at church at Churchill. So I think these, the added distance really helps. And, uh, Brissette is 25% first time Lasix and he's 33% on the meat so far. So, you know, I thought Talladega 20 to one was again, another one of these horses. That's a big price that I think is very, very live here. You know, uh, like I said, you, you either, Use the favorite or toss it. Uh, so I use the first two choices. Ladies and gentlemen, simple minds. So I did use the three Shoppers Revenge. I did use Talladega. Uh, as you mentioned, what's see Shoppers Revenge. I mean, adds Lasix, Aspen, and Santana up. Uh, Talladega, you know, a lot of positive angles with the, the moves the trainer's made, making here. Rocket and Roll, another one I used. Uh, guy used the Hot Cacks. Uh, but let's talk about the horses that Mark didn't cover. And uh, the first one is going to be my boy, Bougie Joe. I love Bougie Joe, 20 to 1 for Steve Hobby, uh, Isaac Castillo up. Uh, last time, I, I think, kind of ran into a track that wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, playing too early speed in the, in the slot, you know, in the slop on December 10th. Uh, I, I actually, I remember this day distinctly because it was the second day of the meet. It was 
pissing rain. And you would think that a sealed track would really just carry horses all the way. And it just seemed to, I don't know, it was very fair. And I, I don't think that the, I don't think that it was really kind of the right setup. Uh, 20 to one. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, you know, golden sense, baby. I'll, I'll take it. Um, plus it was on a bad rail that last time. It, it, when it gets wet like that, it kind of puddles down at the rail. You, you know, end up splashing through shit, and it's just not really a good place to be. So, twenty-one using Bougie Joe, and then uh, the ten to one, or sorry, the number 10, 4 to one escapeologist for Kenny McPeak adds blankers comes out of a hundred twenty thousand uh, dollar maiden special weight in Churchill Downs off the layoff. You know, uh, father, good magic. He was good magic was a precocious child. Uh, so you gotta think that his uh, three-year-old offspring are gonna be fairly good. Plus, it's a grandson of Curlin technically, and we claim Curlin at Oaklawn, uh, much like we claim American Pharaoh at Oaklawn. Because if you raced at Oaklawn, uh, doesn't matter if you won or not, which Curlin did, so did American Pharaoh. But if you go on to do great things because you raced at Oaklawn, you're an Oaklawn horse. God damn it, we have a statue of American Pharaoh sitting outside. A very expensive brass statue because the horse won the arkansas derby there so we have a barn named after american pharaoh which i learned from jason barkley uh the roof is covered in balls because apparently that's what you do after you yell a horse you throw its balls on the roof did you know that um i was aware of that that is a thing that a lot of vets do yes ah that's for good luck i, I just ima- now i'm imagining all these structures with just frisbees and balls on the roof and i don't yeah, mean like it, footballs i mean testicles so if uh if you have a trainer that is known for gelding horses uh they will always have a flock of crows that like uh, live around their barn that are uh, very well fed a bunch um, of yeah. ball-eating crows ball-eating crows yeah so one of the horse- put them in a necklace around my neck like uh like a, you, <laughs> you know would. i was in, in the shit in vietnam like Viet Cong years you know the the big beard with a with a you know like balls all around yeah. here yeah you know if yeah. I could get so just like the the kind of diagonal down the face uh you know kind of cam jungle camo <laughs> paint to go with it yeah you'd want to stay away from me because I'd look horde so so one other horse we have not mentioned that I was a little bit interested in here and you know not to get back to horse racing or anything but that's this eleven Empire's best for Brett it's the other Cox horse in this race um you know I mean I realize Talamo seems like he chose the other horse. You're getting Marty Garcia up, which, you know, I think Talmo has not been having the best of meats. So I don't think that's a real downgrade. Um, you know, Empire Maker of AP Warrior is a horse that, again, the stretch out should really work. And I just really wonder if the last time going long at Oakland, this horse caught that, you know, muddy, peanut buttery, sloppy track and just didn't get across it. This time getting back onto fast dirt, second time going long is oftentimes an improved angle. And, uh, you know, does this horse take a step forward at 20 to one? And then this is one of those horses, I think, where, you know, the 20 to one Brad Cox wins and you go, oh, my God, how did I not have money on that horse? You know, and we've all done that. Uh, So I think I think Empire's best is pretty interesting in here. You're really you're just you're laser focused on one Cox. Next thing you know, second Cox, the second out of the closet. Yeah, man. Yeah. Always, always be a. Be aware of the second cox. You gotta know where all the cocks are uh at all times. Uh, because I mean you don't want to be in that sort of situation where all of a sudden you're spit roasted by Brad Cox. All right, that was it. That is the sequence. Let me go ahead. I'm gonna rattle off my ticket. Uh I was a $90 ticket at the 50 cent base. So we kicked it off race one, four, six, eight. Race two, we were four deep, five, seven, nine, twelve. We're singled race three with the two. Then six, nine, ten in the fifth season, and then wrapping it up with the three, four, six, nine, ten. Uh, go ahead, give me, give me your all A's play here. Yeah, my all A play would be the two over five, seven, twelve over the one over the two, six over the one, six. I think my uh, my total play and how I like to approach structures like this was uh, would be to play two times my all a ticket and one time my single and my double B tickets. I think it was an $84 total play nothing crazy, but I think this has a huge amount of upside. So this is a, a sequence that I definitely would attack. And it's uh, you, you made me handicap Oakland, which I wasn't planning on doing for Saturday. And now I'm like, you know, I really like this sequence. I'm like, yeah, it's not bad. Cool. This is a pretty damn good sequence. So it's, it's not bad. A reminder. Uh, if I, what's the YouTube channel that you're uh, um, 
ABC structure videos on? Um, it's on the On the Wrong Lead YouTube channel. So, uh, you know, and just to plug On the Wrong Lead, it's myself and a couple of friends. Uh, we started doing uh, really beginner-friendly handicapping content. You're not going to watch it and be like, oh, my God, this is so basic. You know, I, I, this is, you know – angled for a five-year-old but uh it's it's content that's approachable and you're gonna learn something and uh you're gonna kind of learn new ways be a little smarter be a little better handicapper we also do a thursday evening live stream it's youtube live we also push it out to twitch and twitter um and we will cover you know upcoming stakes better racing action and uh, the last couple of weeks we've been doing a bankroll builder and bourbon tournament where uh, try to turn fifty dollars into a thousand dollars josh rodriguez the host is uh almost managed i think he was 860 he was at uh at the end of last evening so uh that's thursday night at 8 30 eastern so yeah you're stuff. playing turfway delta downs or you know those, turfway, those sort little of delta night. yeah with uh with certain midwestern tracks no longer being adw accessible it made it a little harder we've done this in the past years and uh you've lost the test texas tracks which does make it a little hard in the evenings but yeah, that's un that's unfortunate because uh, Sam Houston was putting out a, a pretty good product, very good product, product and it seems like uh, that's I, I don't know how much longer they can last given the the current climate. So right, and I think you kind of you know just the way you described on the wrong lead. I would say it's you, Josh, and one just beautiful, mm, handsome man, such a handsome human being. I'd be pumped if he was the second cox of the room. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, mm, Caleb. Mm, text me, <laughs> WID. Mm, what's up? <laughs> You up? So you're I, okay being you're okay being spit roasted by Caleb. That's what you're saying. Oh, if you gave me two Caleb's, oh god, ooh, ooh. yeah, that, I'd that, make the, that, that's too much Caleb though. I'd make the beast like that much pretty in two. a small space is just I don't know what you'd ever do. It just oh, feels overwhelming. No such thing as too much pleasure in ecstasy, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna thankfully do it here for the notorious OTV. After that, just went off the rails. Um, Caleb will try to make eye contact. Uh, it will just be a few. Uh, weeks before that's uh, possible all right thanks for joining check out this late pick five sequence at oakland park this saturday signing off oh, this is weird i've never signed off like this but thanks for tuning in to the notorious otb brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network we will catch you next time